Hey guys, welcome to the Broken Tables podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here as always with our reigning, defending Broken Predictions champion, King Rome. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, sir. Let me see what's going on with your video there. Oh, no. What are you doing? Uh, you're good. It was just frozen for a second. I'm not sure why it froze there, but... All right, we are all good now. Welcome, uh, everybody, to the Broken Tables podcast for the AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash review. Wow, this this was an excellent, excellent episode of Dynamite, and I actually did not think that they were going to put on such a good show right after winter is coming, man. Like, this was just another absolute banger. Yeah, I think for the most part, this show really didn't miss. There, I mean, it was a near-perfect show. There was one thing I really didn't like about the show, but we'll get into it. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a really good show. Um, and we have a lot of great shows coming up. So, I mean, I kind of agree with you. The fact that they really kind of went all out tonight almost felt like it was yeah. pretty impressive. I was not expecting it. That's a great way to put it. It did feel like they kind of went all out tonight to give us an absolutely fantastic show. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, we started off the night with uh, Ricky Stark's in-ring promo, and man, this dude looked like a million bucks, and his promo was worth every bit of it. This was one of the best in-ring promo, if not the best in-ring promo I have heard from Ricky Starks ever. Andrea, welcome. Right, let's welcome everybody in the chat real quick. We got Coach Nick, we got Jordan, Joseph Juhas, Andrea, and the Coog. Welcome, everybody. Thank you guys very much for joining us here tonight. Um, Ricky Starks, man, I, I don't think I could praise this enough. I, I'm going to let you try. Well, I'm definitely, I think I'm up to the task. So, you know, Ricky Starks, he comes out. He's talking about how he's holding his head up high. You know, he takes the babyface route. You know, MJF cheated. MJF beat him. And he's like, you know what, but at least at the end of the day, I have my dignity. And I really enjoy that he says that this is not the last time that we're going to see these guys face, as I've said in the last few weeks. Um, this is an ongoing thing for years that we're going to be seeing. 
Uh, what's up, Maduja? He said, uh, the only thing I didn't like tonight was the fact that the Acclaimed had no segment. You know, I actually did think that towards the end of the night, but they're selling the attack from last week, so I can't be too upset about it. Um, you know, they are called uh, the Acclaimed. Is uh, AEW is Acclaimed every Wednesday, so I was kind of disappointed with that too, but I feel like the Sanjay rap almost made up for it, <laughs> but we'll get to that. I mean, again, the Acclaimed were selling an injury, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... You know, Ricky's talking about, you know, he's moving on to bigger and brighter things. He has to re-earn his title shot, and he has no problem doing that. Um, in which case, Chris Jericho interrupts, and out comes the JS. Chris Jericho looking like Sting for some reason tonight. Um, good luck, though. And we also saw uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Daniel Garcia had those, like, really, like, I would almost describe them as Edge and Christian sunglasses. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what Jericho. I thought. What? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. The old Edge sunglasses from the Brood. Uh, and so Jericho says he wants to offer Ricky Starks an invitation to join the JS. He, you know, you're great, Ricky. You're not quite there yet. Uh, you know, in which case Ricky refuses and goes on to just shine. Like this guy. Like here's how you can tell that Ricky Starks is a star. This guy was just making up chants, and the crowd was going with it. You know, he said, like, J.A. Assholes. Um, what was the other one that I really loved? The Jasshole one was really good, though. I oh, actually yeah, really enjoyed one, the Jasshole one. I'm having a brain fart right now. I didn't write it down. But basically, he's just, like, drop dropping these lines on Jericho. And the crowd is just eating it up. And, like, just the energy, man. The energy that Ricky Starks had in this promo was just out of this world. It was absolutely incredible. And he's a star, man. Like, this guy's a star, and, uh, you know, it was just awesome. And it's great to see him kind of start a program with Jericho. Um, I think that's also going to really help cement him uh, in AEW's hierarchy moving forward. I, I think, I can't help but feel that I feel like Jericho and Mox's future is going to be them setting up a lot of guys. Uh, yeah. I don't think you're going to see Jericho or Mox win the world title again. Uh, I think that the their next few years are going to be, let's get these young guys over so we can step back when it's time. And you you see that tonight. So the JS, they come down, they start attacking Ricky, and Action Andretti makes the save. Uh, yeah. Man, again, this is how you make stars. Like, this segment has Ricky Starks and Action Andretti standing in the ring. You know, obviously Action has a ways to go before I would say star, but it just... Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's what it was. Yeah. Thank you. He said the J stood for Jobber, and the crowd started chanting Jobber at Chris Jericho. Um, with Jericho also, his face tonight just sold everything so well. Um, Ricky also said that, you know, he's like, Jericho, you had a good year. You know, you look great now, but a few months ago, you looked like a, like a what was it called? A fryer. You looked, you looked like a an air fryer. <laughs> just like crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, you like, said you're dressed like a, uh, a single father on his fifth divorce and the crowd lost it, dude. That was great. That one too. Again, there's so many lines here that Ricky just kept knocking it out of the park. And, you know, it's like, again, like I, I do think of the rock in a sense, in terms of his performance, people might not agree with this. Uh, I think Ricky Starks has the potential to be better than the rock. And that's just my opinion. That's a hot take. People can burn me down for it. I don't care. Um, I mean, potential is a great word to use. Potential is the perfect word to use. You can't argue with it. I mean, how long has Ricky Starks been on TV? Two years. Right. 
The Rock, it, it took him longer than two years to blow up, and Rock was in the business his whole life. So it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I just feel like Ricky is more along his progression than where The Rock was at the same time. Yeah, I but, can agree with that. But again, like this was just an excellent promo to open the show. Uh, I feel like they pe- most people don't like when AEW opens the show with a promo. I think that if it's a good promo and a good segment, it works, and tonight it definitely did. He's already better in ring than The Rock. Oh, man, me edge of fire and shots. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Look, yeah, all right, hold on. Tonight hold was on. very, very good. Hold on. Oh, shit, here comes heel Rome. Okay, so here's the thing, Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing excellent, sir. I'm going to upset people with this. And so, you know what, maybe, maybe not, but I feel like I will. So I'm just going to say it, and, you know, we'll move on from it. In terms of his wrestling prowess, The Rock is mid. He's is what? Mid. M-I-D. Mid. He, yeah. He's not, he's not terrible. You know, and he had his, he had his little things that he could do that people would pop off on. I mean, obviously the people's elbow is a very cool move, but it's not an impressive move. It's not a, like... It doesn't have the explosiveness of a sweet chin music, and it doesn't have no. the impact of a choke slam or, a, say, a tombstone pile driver. Uh, I mean, it's for just... me, the, pe- the people's elbow was always more so about the showmanship of it, but like, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't think it was no. all, it was ever like again. It was cool, but it, it's not a, it's not an explosive finisher. It's not a strong finisher. It kind of looks like a like a weak ass uh, finisher. Jordan coming into the chat saying he's all flash and sizzle. 100% what up, Jordan? Yeah, it's just it's just another five knuckle shuffle, you know what I mean? It's not. I yeah. think okay, here's the thing. I think the five knuckle shuffle is way better than the people's elbow. Do you? I do. I really do. Okay. Because like at least I don't know, the people's or the, the five knuckle shuffle at least had like some some pizzazz to it. Like the people's elbow was the rock taking off his elbow pad, throwing it into the crowd. Like, okay, you're always going to get the crowd to pop if you're giving them something like a piece of your clothing. That's just what it is. Yeah. You know, and he would do this and he would run back and forth. Like, and like people would imitate and mock it all the time. Even triple Paul did it. You know, he would like, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, like, come on. Like it wasn't very good. And like, let's be honest, Booker T did, did a better rock bottom than, than, than the rock did. I mean, no, hold on. The bookend? Yeah, we called the bookend. No, I mean, I guess The Rock, the one thing that was nice about The Rock uh, bottom, and I think it was more so because of how people sold it, like, Rock would kind of look, he looks like he had them, like, slamming down really, like, explosively. So I'll give him that. The Rock bottom was a pretty good finisher. Um, yeah, it was It was all right. But, like, his sharpshooter wasn't anything special. Like, I'm thinking of all of his signature moves. Like, his sharpshooter wasn't that much better than anyone else's. Like he did the strike thing, but like there are others. I would want. I think Shane McMahon had a better strike combo, more entertaining strike combo than The Rock, and that's just me. That's um, because Shane McMahon's freaking strikes were basically real because he didn't know how to freaking pull his punches. <laughs> he'd be like dancing all over the place. He'd be like, Dude, everyone that you see that that uh, talks about it's like the the one person I didn't like taking punches from Shane McMahon. <laughs> sure. Anyways. I think Ricky Starks is better in the ring than The Rock. Um, and I think on the mic, I think Ricky could end up being better than The Rock. I do think he will be better than The Rock. 
Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you on, uh, on that one there. So this was incredible. Um, did you did you think that Ricky Starks and Action Andretti kind of sort of looked like brothers when they were standing next to each other? They looked really, really similar, didn't they? Um, not to a point where I took notice of it. No, yeah. For me, anyway, when they were standing next to each other and the camera kind of, that was the last thing we saw of that segment. I was like, man, those two dudes look like they could have been brothers. You know what I mean? Like, not saying they are or anything. It was just immediately went through my head. I was like, wow. But next up, we had match or game number five in the best of seven for the Elite versus the Death Triangle in a no disqualification match for the Trios Championship. Man, a lot of people are trying to be like, how can you have seven matches between the same guys and make them good? And I'm like, this is how. Just just watch. Every match has been different. They've all been absolutely incredible. Um, This one started out with a hockey fight right away. Immediately, we had Knack and Brandon Cutler in the ring uh, because we were no disqualifications. So, you know, anything went right away. It was uh, This match was awesome, man. I I had so much fun watching this match. Yeah, man, this was an excellent match. Kind of what you said. The fact that these guys are five weeks in, and just still just having absolutely excellent matches. You know, it, it, what more can you say? I mean, we, we, we go a week in and week out about this match, and it's just excellent every time. Um, adding the no DQ stipulation was definitely a smart choice. I'm excited to see where we go from here with a false count anywhere, and you know they're going to go to a ladder match. Like, you you know it's happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was really awesome. Great match. And, you know, what? I really appreciated the fact that they were able to have some fun with it, some themed fun with it. Um, getting the Christmas tree in there. The crowd was chanting Feliz Navidad during the Christmas tree spot. Um, having Elf Cutler, Brandon Cutler, get in there. Uh, spraying the uh, the cold spray into Alex Abrahantis' face. That was great. Um, it was very good. Yeah, man. I mean, Kenny Omega, this guy's uh, he's entering a four-week stretch here of uh, some really exciting stuff. You know, he wrestled tonight in this no DQ match. Next week's will be will the Falls Count Anywhere match. And then yeah. the week after that, he's going to Wrestle Kingdom. On Monday, Blue. he was on Dark, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. I told you it was going to be a great match. I'm talking about the entire episode of Dark. If you oh, guys yeah. didn't watch it, this was a dynamite quality episode of Dark. Like, I am serious. I would say Rampage, but it was very good. I, I wanted to say Rampage, but I felt like I was not giving it enough credit. That episode of Dark was really, really good. I was I was shocked. No, it was. And that's not a diss for me, because I think Rampage is a very good show that's worth watching every week. Yeah, um, me too. But, no, yeah, I, I would say that it was a Dark that I would put on the level of a Rampage. I thought it was Absolutely. really good. Really enjoying. Um, or really enjoyable, excuse me. Uh, the Kook saying, I can watch Death Triangle and the Elite forever. These guys are damn good. They have eternal chemistry. Yeah. Naduja saying, I say someone complaining that the real best of seven should be FTR and the Briscoes, but how are they going to have seven matches if the yeah. Briscoes are banned from TV? That's a really great point. And um, Kubo also said, big kudos to San Antonio tonight. The fans make the show so much better. Yeah, so, they really do. So, Kook, you're 100% right about this, and I just got to say it, you know, Texas, terrible football teams. God awful. Texans are fine. But the other team, fucking terrible. But wrestling fans in Texas, they're great. They're awesome. 
They're the best. Yeah, Love they it. definitely get the Orange Cassidy thumb up from me. I think you got to give a uh, Texas a pay per view next year. I yeah, don't yeah, know. absolutely. They definitely I mean, deserve it after that. I mean, Double or Nothing's always in Vegas, and um, usually All Out's always in Chicago. But I would give Texas full gear next year. That's just me. I I wouldn't mind it at all. Um, the Young Bucks with a double broken table spot. Thank you very much to the Young Bucks for uh, the shout out to the podcast, you guys. Um, this was incredible. We had um, Matt Jackson with the elbow drop first, and then Nick Jackson followed up with the um, what do you call that? A senton? I mean, it was basically Jeff Hardy's finishing move onto a table from the top yeah. rope. Yeah, it was a senton. Yeah, yeah, it was that Nick is. Nick is absolutely incredible. I feel like I say it every time I see one of his matches, but just every time, like, he just blows me away. Nick Jackson is absolutely amazing in the ring. I, I, I love that dude. He might He's getting up there on my top five wrestlers in AEW, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times when I think of a top wrestler, I don't really go to tag team guys, but it, it, he's up there easily, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, it's kind of funny because... Matt and Nick, probably more so Nick, would be, like, these guys would be, like, huge single stars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they ever weren't, if they weren't a tag team. Like, both of these guys would do extremely well in the business. Yep. But, I mean, hey, man, they're the greatest tag team of all time. So, I mean, I would take that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, Kenny winds up uh, going underneath the ring, and he pulls out the uh, the broom wrapped in barbed wire. And he whacks uh, Fenix, Ray Fenix, in the in like kind of like the thigh with it, and a piece of the barbed wire wraps around his thigh and gets stuck right into Ray Fenix's ass, and he kind of like tries to pull it pull it out of him, but he's got a oh, it, it looked pretty painful on uh, Fenix's part there. Um, my mother in law, for some reason, decided to sit down and watch her first wrestling match in a long, 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 long time with us tonight. And this wound up being the match that she sat down to sit, to see, um, you know, she's from like back in the Bruno San Martino days. So I kept looking over to just like sheer horror on her face, dude. It was one of the funniest things I have seen in a long time. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so Fenix, uh, he grabs the hammer, and because of the no DQ, he had absolutely no problem with using the hammer. Um, he smashes, uh, who did he hit with the hammer? Kenny, right? Yes. Yep, he hits Kenny with the hammer. Uh, Kenny kicks out at 2.9. Um, I could not believe it that Kenny kicked out after that hammer shot there. I actually thought that this was done and over with. Uh, but no. And then we get a uh, really cool submission spot with Pac and Kenny where Pac takes a piece of garland off of the uh, wonderful Christmas tree that was uh, ringside. He wraps it around Kenny's mouth and it basically puts him into a... Uh, uh, it's kind of like Danielson's um, crossface type thing, but it, he was using the piece of garland, essentially using a piece of rope, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, th that was a fantastic spot. Matt Jackson comes in for the save, takes out, takes out everybody. Uh, the young bucks come in, hit a huge Meltzer driver for the one, two, three, and the elite come back three to two. So, uh, I think we're going to seven games here. I mean, I think it's obvious that we want to get to that, uh, Escalera de la Muerte match, 
um, you can't tease that match and then not give it to us. You know what I mean? So yeah. really, really confident that we're going to be going to match number seven. I wish they would have waited to announce what those matches were until they were guaranteed. You know what I mean? Just because now we kind of know that that next match probably going to be for the elite, but you never know, dude, they can always just flip it on us and they could lose next week. Sure. I mean, I think the whole point of it is they're really trying to build excitement around those first two shows in January. So January 4th and January 11th are going to be huge shows for them. Uh, The one on the 4th, um, AEW's rumored today that, and Tony Khan pretty much confirmed it, um, Dynamite's going to be getting a whole new look. Um, Yeah, I I assume a new set, um, but just a bunch of changes. The the newest hire is going to be kind of taken over and starting in January, so expect some change in the production um and then obviously january 11th is their next la show which i mean we already are expecting sasha we're expecting you know a huge huge show there so you know you kind of got to start drumming up some excitement for that so i understand i understand them doing it in the way that they're doing it so yeah me too me too uh, the cleaner barbed wire broom by Kenny was epic. Absolutely. The crowd started chanting cleaner. You know, we're, you know, AEW fans are smart fans. They watch just about everything. You know what I mean? So they know, they know things from the past. It's definitely sticks in the back of our minds. Um, Mia just says, talking about the cleaner, are you going to do a show about Wrestle Kingdom? Considering I think AEW is going to heavily be involved, or at least a few wrestlers are, I think we might at least do some sort of a... Uh, not necessarily a review show, because I'm not sure we're going to be able to actually watch it, but I do think we might do something where we get the results and kind of go over the results, maybe. You know what I mean? I really want to watch Wrestle Kingdom. Me too. Uh, this card looks really enter- entertaining. Just think, <clears throat> really want, I really want to be a part of it. Um, it's at 3 in the morning here. <laughs> so... I was going to say, doesn't it take place like 3 in the morning? It takes place three in the morning here on the East Coast in the U.S. Um, so I don't know. Uh, right now, I I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I don't know what my my week looks like that week. Um, if I'm able to, I do yeah, plan same. on watching it as live as possible. Um, and if I watch as live as possible, I would like to do a show for you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing like an early show. Like if you don't go into work until a little bit later, you know what I mean? I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind just doing something in the morning, kind of like uh, some of the other channels do. Yeah. Again, I don't know what my week looks like for all I know. It's definitely not possible. So I don't know. I um, <laughs> got you. No worries. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. So amazing match. Number five. Can't wait for a match slash game. Number six, which should be uh falls count anywhere. I love yep. Falls Count Anywhere matches. Um, basically, anarchy in the arena. You know what I mean? So that's going to be uh, pretty fun. So I would say set expectations high, believe it or not. Because, yeah. I mean, these guys have continued to try to one-up themselves each and every week. So I don't expect this to be a run-of-the-mill Falls Count Anywhere where they fight in the stands a little bit type match. Like, part of me thinks we're going to see them like backstage or something. I mean, yeah, they might start the whole fight backstage, you know what I mean? That yeah, That's a good point. Or finish it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Balls count anywhere, oh man. Exactly. <laughs> where, where is that taking place? Did, did you catch the location? Um, next week is the 28th. I want to say Colorado. 
Oh, they, they said outside of Denver. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Oh, damn, good memory, dude. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what venue they're going to do. I was thinking maybe if they were in some sort of slightly larger venue, they could do a lot of backstage stuff, but we'll see. Bloomsfield, Colorado? I don't know. I don't know Colorado. I, I have no idea. I, mean, I, I have no clue. <laughs> All right, next up, we had a uh, quick video promo package of MJF after he had finished running away from Brian Danielson last week. Um, he was furious backstage in his dressing move, uh, dressing room, <laughs> dressing move, in his dressing room saying that Daniels uh, stole his moment. Um, Danielson stole his moment, man. Uh, he was kind of, you know, saying that was my first defense. I had just beaten Ricky's ass, and, you know, you came out there and stole my thunder. So, Basically kind of said, be careful what you wish for, because you're not going to get as much as you wanted, but you're going to get, you know, what did he say? More than you should. Um, Something like that. But you also yeah, yeah. missed the point where MJ said, I had beaten Ricky Starks clean and he did right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, you didn't do. <laughs> so that was really funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're setting up for MJF versus Brian Danielson and kind of bummer, you know, bummed because I, and Brian, I don't think Brian Danielson's winning the world title. Um, but I would like to see him win the world title. But I don't think it's it's fine. Yeah, no, that's where I'm put in such a tough spot here, because like, you know, I know I think you as well. He's probably my favorite. He's probably my number one right now. Like until he re retires, him and Kenny, I kind of switch back and forth depending on the week. Um, I guess you could say the flip flopping you always talk about in Discord there. Um, but you know this dude is incredible. I really want to see him with the belt, but at the same time, I really don't want to see MJF lose it. So like oh, yeah, this yeah, match absolutely. is a tough one for me. Yeah. I completely <laughs> agree with you. I, I, again, I don't think MJF is going to lose it for a yeah. long time. Um, but yeah, anything can happen, man. It's AEW. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, we had Tony Schiavone backstage doing an interview with action Andretti. Um, great promo by this guy, man. This kid's uh, going to be a new star. Uh, I think he, he knows what it takes. He's got that, that charisma. He's got that energy. Um, I know we've been talking about the rock with Ricky Starks, but this guy kind of, he kind of put off that young Rocky Maivia type energy, um, a little bit, you know what I mean? Maybe I didn't really pick up on that so much, but I, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. He, he's really good though. That's not me saying I don't think he's great. You know? No. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, Daddy Magic and uh, Cool Hand Angelo show up and, you know, they kind of calm him down a second saying, we're not here to fight, we're not here to fight. And they kind of just tell him, you know, hey, man, you're doing really well here. You got a victory over Jericho. They're like, you're on fire, man. And as soon as they say you're on fire, a fireball hits him in his face from off screen. Uh, Chris Jericho, the wizard, has returned. Um, I might have to put those wanted posters back up, man. Uh, the wizard has returned. Maybe. Um, man, I think that this was such an excellent uh, segment and so well done to get, you know, you, you put yourself in a rough position here because you don't want Jericho to turn around and just beat Action Andretti because it kind of it, it undoes a little bit of the work you did last week. So you don't want to, like, bury the kid the next week. This was a great way and really smart way to have Jericho still establish himself as Chris Jericho, the Ocho, the wizard, you know, all that stuff, and, and get his comeuppance on Action Andretti. So I thought this was a, a super awesome segment. 
Um, it let Action get some words in. Action stood tall against uh, Menard and Parker. And then Jericho hits his gimmick. You know, he hits the fireball, which is always a really uh, cool spectacle to see. It was a really great fireball. It hit him in the face. It um, did, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, and then, yeah, dead and on. It, and it's just, it's a great way to beat him down. And, you know, maybe it leads to another match. I mean, it's going to lead to another match. I don't know if it's going to be another one-on-one match, but it, it lets you get have Jericho get back at Action Andretti without Action Andretti really looking bad because, again, it's a heel thing. He got fireballed, you know what I mean? Yep. So very smart. Really loved it. Yep, I absolutely love that as well. All right, next up, we had Renee Paquette looking incredible in the ring. And I don't know if it was her or the lighting or whatever they did production-wise, but just her standing there with that red lighting made whatever was about to happen feel super important. You know what I mean? Like, did, did it come across that way to you, the way she was just all of a sudden there and in that lighting? Uh, I think it was kind of the whole night. I think that that venue in San Antonio is a really good venue. Um, when they had shots kind of looking up a little bit, it almost kind of looked like a dome, um, which I guess maybe it is a dome. I don't know the venue like that, so maybe it is a dome. Um, but, yeah, it's. I think that was the venue and the, the production in general. I mean, I mean, obviously, Renee's great, too. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just great production and a great venue. Okay, I have to show this. The Coog just said that still shot of the fireball in Action's eyes on Twitter is wicked. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks Dude, crazy. look at that shit. <laughs> it does. It looks like Cyclops from the X-Men took his glasses off, man. That's f- <laughs> that is crazy. And Tony Schiavone's reaction is perfect. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Again, it was Jericho really nailed that fireball. It was right. It's right his face. <laughs> I love the still because Menard and Parker are wow. so near, and Shivani is so like, oh my god, <laughs> it just that killed. was nuts. Yeah, and the Cougar right, he does kind of look like Cyclops from the X. Wow. <laughs> It's just great, man. Again, it's such a good segment because it's, uh, it's just it puts Holy Jericho in a great shit. spot where he's the the piece of shit heel who did his fireball trick, and you know this is a way to get action, you know, kind of knock down a peg without losing a match because you don't want to have him turn around and lose a match the next week. It's just it's just really well done. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, back to the Renee Paquette uh, in the ring. She introduces Brian Danielson. Um, he cuts an absolutely incredible promo saying, you know, maybe not the other guys in the Blackpool Combat Club, but, you know, William Regal is the guy who made me the wrestler I am today. You know, he's like, I, I was trained by Shawn Michaels, which garnered some HBK chants from the uh, audience. Uh, he looked a little bit like he was like, oops, I didn't mean to do that. But, you know, it, it was fine. No big deal. Um he said, you know, Regal was the one who made him into the wrestler he is today. And because of what MJF did to him, there's going to be consequences. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he said he called for MJF to get his ass out to the ring right now. Of course, MJF did not come out, but we got Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway coming out. Um, I love how uh, basically they just uh, made fun of Danielson for being vegan. They called him a vegetable man. Um, uh, 
Danielson was kind of like, you guys are making fun of me, calling me vegetable man. Like, that's not very original, you know? And I was like, I don't think he was supposed to say vegetable man. I think he was supposed to make fun of him for being vegan and he forgot his line. <laughs> Did it come across that way to you? Um, no, I think vegetable man was what they were going for. Was I, it? Okay. I, I think it was. It was a good line nonetheless. It came across pretty pretty good. So, so I, I, I had a little thing with the beginning of Brian's promo that I just wasn't really a fan of. Um, so, and, and based off, like, I felt this way. And when I was scrolling through Twitter on, on the next commercial break, themed kind of the same vibe. I don't really want to hear them talk about William Regal anymore. Uh, I think I know, that, right? Well, because like, here's the thing, right? And obviously, he went back to the Fed, and that's fine. I mean, I don't care. It is what it is. Um, but it's like, you wrote him off TV, you had the attack happen, you loaded him on the uh, ambulance, and then you did the video. And then that was perfect. There was no need to go any further. I understand that William Regal is the reason that Danielson and MJF are feuding, but like, I'm sitting here listening to Brian Danielson talk about the guy that just kind of walked out on the company. Not walked out, he finished his contract, but you know, he left the company to go elsewhere. Like, you know, he left the territory. You don't, yeah. you don't, when the guy leaves the territory, you stop talking about him. So, like, as a fan watching it, I don't really want to hear about William Regal anymore because there's no point in talking about William Regal. It's okay to mention it briefly, but it, it just carried a little too long. And I would say focus on the present now. Regal's not here, and you probably will not see Regal again in AEW. Um, it's about 99% chance you, you, he's, Gonna be in WWE till he's done, um, and just I just I don't know I it just didn't feel needed. Um, I think you already have that Danielson, MJF hatred going. You know the you know the viewers know why where we are and why we're here. Um, except for the bad faith actors, um, they know they just don't want to admit that they know. But you know if you're watching the show <laughs> weekly, you know why we're here. You know how we got to this point. Like you just, just enough with the regal stuff. Like okay, that's it. I don't want to hear William Regal's name mentioned in a promo like that for a long time, if again. Um, but, I mean, what followed was a really entertaining uh, stuff between Ethan Page, Stokely Hathaway, and Brian Danielson. Uh, that was really good. Stokely is continuously awesome, and I'm really happy to see Ethan Page um, continuously get TV time. You raggedy yep. bitch. You yeah, you said you raggedy bitch. That shit was hilarious, dude. Jeff, I was mad because I was in the Discord and I posted the joke with Jericho, and then that happened, and I was like, "Well, that's way better than the Jericho dick." <laughs> yeah. so I was like, "Well, I'm gonna double dip here. It is what it is." <laughs> you raggedy yeah. bitch. I loved it. I, I was. It, it was pretty good. I was hysterical when he's just like, "You, you, you raggedy bitch." <laughs> Uh, I like I liked when they cut to MJF watching in the back wearing the uh, Hanukkah suit. Um, I I have actually honestly almost purchased that suit once before. Um, <laughs> I don't remember why I wanted to buy it, but I did. But Jewish? turned out I did not. So, <laughs> are you Jewish? No, I'm not. That's why I'm like wondering, like, what was I gonna buy that for? I I remember specifically wanting to get it, but I have no clue why. I can't remember. Happy Hanukkah to those celebrating, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Hanukkah. All right. So um, next up, we had John Moxley cutting a promo on the $300,000 Christmas Battle Royale um, that we will talk about later when we announce the card for right. next week. 
more to the name than that, but yes, we'll get into it. Yes. Um, he basically says, you know, that's where I'm going to be hangman. Uh, you know, if you want to show up, you know where I'm going to be at. And this promo from Mox was incredible. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like Mox cuts awesome promos all the time, but this one, he was just kind of like, yeah, what did you expect to happen when you get in the ring with me? You got knocked out. Of course, that's what happened. And I was just like, yeah, I, I, you know, what else can you say? Like this, it was, it was great. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're really selling the angle. I love the, um, I love the trajectory that both of these guys are on right now in sense of what they're saying and what's going on with them in this feud. Uh, obviously hangman's promo last week was super emotional um and really kind of pulls at the heartstrings this week mox is cold and calculated and he's like i don't give a shit dude you know like what do you think was gonna happen i i hit you in the face to knock you out i didn't hit you in the face to comb your hair um yeah <laughs> and i just yeah i think it's just like you said mox is just still out there doing generational work um and he's he's like, I'm like don't make me the bad guy don't like don't be a play wrestler and I, I popped when he did that it's like don't be a play wrestler all right be a real man don't don't try to make me out to be some bad guy. Like you knew what you signed up for. It's a fight. Um, Jordan saying Mox spitting facts. He's not the bad guy. Well, let's see. And this is the beautiful thing about this story being told is there's not a bad guy. Neither of them are the bad guys. Um, you know, they're both guys who are they're strongly willed guys who both have their reasons for wanting to do things and both have their motivations. You know what I mean? Mox wants to fight and to win his fights. Hangman wants to be the champion. Hangman also really cares about his family. And you know, he, they both have their motivations here. So yeah, I think that's the beauty of it is that he's talking like a heel and Maduja just said it. He's talking like a heel, but he's not a heel. Like there's no heel working here. And you don't always need a heel to tell a good story. So that's absolutely hilarious that Mioja said that because the mother-in-law was still there watching and she looked over afterwards and she's like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? And she legit like had the question, like, she's like, I can't tell. And I was like, that's kind of how he is. You're not supposed to be able to tell. I was like, sometimes he's the bad guy. Sometimes he's the good guy. It just depends on his mood. And she was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and I think that the excellent, uh, well, so number one, Someone just mentioned it, Jordan mentioned it in chat, but also the excellent Julia Hart promo on, on Dark, which please go watch that promo. A fucking incredible promo. Um, it talks about it too. You know, good people do bad things, bad people do good things. It's all a matter of perspective. Um, you know, so I, yeah, it's great. I think Mox kind of dancing this line, and it it's again, it's a built in story that tells itself. You got hangman got put on the shelf and hangman couldn't remember his kid's name for an hour like that's some scary shit so of course hangman wants to knock mox the fuck out you know what i mean so absolutely yeah it's just it's a really well-told story it's <laughs> aw one of aw's biggest gifts is taking trash and making it something truly or like a bad situation and making it an excellent situation yeah <laughs> all right Next up, we had Samoa Joe. <laughs> this was absolutely incredible. Samoa Joe was playing like a super fake nice guy. Like you could tell, you know what I mean? Like when like the like when the school bully was trying to be like, no, teacher, I'm such a nice guy. What do you mean? Like I would never bully the other kids in class. What are you talking about? And he basically wished everybody a happy holiday, especially Wardlow, because he says Wardlow's definitely not gonna get what he wants for Christmas. Um, this, this was 
another just incredible promo here tonight. You know, another part of this absolutely fantastic episode of Dynamite. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. This was a really fun uh, promo. This kind of reminded me of um, Joe's work. I don't know why, but it made me kind of think to this, but remind me of Joe's work against AJ Styles in the Fed. Okay. His promo work from that feud, and I don't know what exactly made me think of it. I don't even really remember the feud apart from Joe uh, name-dropping AJ's wife during the during the feud. But for some reason, something made me think about the promo work during that that, that Joe did at that time. Um, I don't know why. Don't ask. I'd me. have to go back and watch it to see where the uh, coinc- co- co- uh, where it coincides there. But yeah, I could see it. Yeah, Maduja saying he just needs to give us one last gift, one called Ibushi. So I, I don't want to like. <laughs> I noticed this during the dark match with Kenny and um and Shino. Um, but Kenny kind of planted some seeds, and I wonder if we see anything come of it. Um, so, you know, Kenny has Shino on the ground, and Kenny's like, you're not Osprey, you're not Ibushi, and I, I kind of wonder if that's maybe Kenny, you know, sprinkling some seeds for down the line. All right. After that one, next up we had... A dynamite debut of Hook, the FTW champion, versus Exodus Prime. Now, this was his dynamite debut as an actual, like, having a match, right? Dynamite, yes. Yes. So, you know, I think this is two weeks in a row now. Hook has graduated up to dynamite, so that is freaking cool to see. Um, Absolutely love Hook. Um, I really liked how... You're saying What's that? match on Dynamite? I believe it was, right? No, I don't think it was. Okay, maybe not. I thought you were talking about Exodus Prime. I was like, yes, it is his Dynamite. Yeah, it was his. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Hook's as well, but maybe I maybe that's when they said it was Exodus Prime's. Maybe I heard Hook first. You might be right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, but, I want to say I'm like 75% sure Hook's wrestled on Dynamite. Okay, yeah, no, no worries. Um, e- either way, this match was fantastic for Hook here. Um, the crowd was super, super over f- for Hook. Um, he hyped up the crowd a couple times in there after a nice uh, suplex. He locks in the red rum real quick to tap him out. Um, Stokely uh, pops up on the ba- on the screen backstage. Uh, looked like they were kind of out back the stadium there. And we had Big Bill choke slamming Jungle Boy Jack Perry into the trash can. Um, didn't look like it hurt too bad, but man, I felt bad for jungle boy. Like I was like, man, that might not be the first time he's been thrown in the trash can before, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a great spot. And I also just love Stoke, uh, Stokely Hathaway, just grabbing the bag of chips and dumping them on the ground, playing to hooks love with potato chips. Yep. Yep. Uh, next up we had John Moxley versus Darius Martin, one half of top flight. Um, pretty cool to see Darius in a singles match here. Usually it's, you know, it's always him and his brother. Uh, not sure why we had just Darius with Moxley, but I think we're trying to get this guy over. Um, you know, his brother is already super over. So I think we're just trying to get him up there a little bit so that when we see that tag team out there, they're a little bit, um, you know, the crowd's a little bit more behind them than just, uh, Dante, you know, it's just the kind of spot that Tony likes to book tag team guys in. Um, it's just like when he puts Dax or Dante Martin in that spot. He just chose Darius this time. It was a good it was a good singles match against a tag team guy. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so this match was pretty good. Uh, it felt like Mox was taking him lightly at first. You know, he was kind of slapping him around, just kind of keeping him down. Uh, but Mox was doing a great job. You know, made this look like a veteran taking a young rookie to school. Um, Mox hit a huge um, Death Rider for the win. Uh, Darius looked great in this. He didn't get to do a lot of his high flying stuff because that was Mox's plan the whole time. Kept him grounded. Um, but, th you know, this this was what it was. Made Darius look pretty good here in the match. And uh, Mox got his win. Uh, next up, we had... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it was a good match. Yeah, it was It was great. It was, it, you know, it was what it was. Pretty much what I thought it would be once I saw the match was uh, going to take place. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we had a really nice video package for the Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida match uh, in our main event later on. After that, we had the next chapter in the book of Hobbs, man. I'm not sure if if it was just us or if everybody absolutely loved these video packages for Hobbs, but I think they heard us and they they they're running with them. We've gotten one every single week since that first one that just blew us away, right? Jeff, you know, I I should make a TV show have a t-shirt for it. Elevation Evolution. So they do. So what Tony Khan does. That's what TK does. He makes his segment, the Book of Hobbs segment. I mean, I'm sure Hobbs had a lot of creative input. It felt like he had a lot of creative input on it. But, like, it's just excellent. It's just really good television. It's fucking awesome. Really is, man. Really Elevation is. Evolution, huh? We should make a shirt. I mean, we do have a, uh, a T-shirt um, store, so maybe I'll have to throw that up in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, these, these things are great, man. Hobbs basically tells you he came from a really bad place. And, you know, a lot of these monsters where he lived, uh, they created a monster and he's going to show everybody in AEW how big of a monster he is. And man, that, 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 he, he is a monster. He is an absolute scary, scary individual. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Real quick before we, uh, continue on, I just saw that we hit our 10th like for the video. Thank you guys for that. If you're currently watching hit that like button for us. It helps us out. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys very much. That might be the quickest we've done in a long time. 45 minutes. Yeah. Thank you guys. I think we hit six, like right when we started. So I really Ooh. appreciate that. That was really fucking cool. Let's go. All right. Next up here, we had the, uh, the ass boys or the gun club, if you will, versus FTR. Um, the ass boys were dressed like Bret Hart. Um, really, really cool gear for those dudes. They had the old Bret Hart, you know, real thin uh, pink glasses on. I do believe I've mentioned it before. I had a dream as a young child of sitting ringside and having Bret Hart give me his glasses. Never even came close to happening, but, you know, a boy can dream. <laughs> uh, really liked their gear. Uh, you know, we'll just le leave it up at that one. Uh this was a really interesting match for FTR because, you know, we know that Dax is really busted up. He kind of he pulled his pants down and showed everybody the massive bruise on his ass from the match against uh, the Briscoes. Um, FTR just fantastic, though. Cash, when he needs to pick up the slack for Dax because he's a little bit injured, I guess we can say. Cash just picked it up here and pulled off an amazing, you know, first half of this match. We got the hot tag over to Dax eventually, but I don't know if Cash gets the credit that he deserves sometimes. You know, Dax is kind of always in that running for wrestler of the year, but Cash is incredible too, man. He's he's fantastic. 
So Jeff, I want to ask you a question because yeah, go for it. here on the podcast, uh, you know, obviously I deeply respect FTR, um, but you're much more of an FTR guy than I am. Mm-hmm. My question for you is uh, the streets talk, man. And the streets are saying that FTR, you know, maybe them losing to the Briscoes and then losing to the gun club here, you know, their contracts expire in April. Uh, streets streets seem to think that he, they might be going back to the Fed. What are your uh, what What do you think is going to happen? So, normally I would just want to be like, "You're crazy. That's not happening." They're very happy where they are. But last time I said, "You're crazy. That'll never happen." Cody Rhodes wound up at WrestleMania, so I have learned to basically never say never. But I still think that there's a snowball's chance in hell of that happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm also very curious because I don't think they will. I personally don't. Um, I actually see the last. I, I think if Sasha shows up in AEW, I don't think Bailey is very far behind. And then like that that click of four, like they're they've always been super close based off you know what they say. Um, Jordan, see, here's the thing. I, I agree with you. I, I do. But based off things FTR have said and based off hiring um, policies of the Fed and based off the fact that they did book Cody somewhat strong. I don't think they booked him strong, but people, the talent seems to think so. Um, that's a lot of the discussion right now, the discourse around FTR. I mean... A lot of people think they're about to drop the AAA and and you know IWGP tag titles as well. A lot of people think that the it's winding down for them and maybe not in a good way. I personally don't think they should go back. I think you look at the year you had this year. Maybe you don't have another year that's that hot, but the alternative is you're going to go and face the Usos and the New Day ten times each. So, yeah, how do you feel about that? I just I don't think they have any want to go back there. I I I wouldn't sweat this one as much as I was actually sweating the Cody one. You know what I mean? I should. Yeah, no way. You mean Haley? Is that her? Yeah, I actually didn't know Bailey's real name was Haley. I thought Bailey was actually her real name. Oh, I know. Well, I'm just referring to her her gimmick name, but I didn't know her real name was Haley. That's cool. That makes sense. I had no idea. Um, Madu just saying, Dax sent out some tweets that made him believe that they don't want to be there anymore. Again, and Jordan, I, I hear you. He's saying they've been there, done that. I'm just trying to make you aware that they do seem like the kind of guys that might go back there for the money. Dax plays on Twitter. I'm not. Uh, I'm, look, just, I'm not showing saying, off my. I'm. I'm uh, just. My Bailey I'm autograph. just saying. Oh, Jordan says it's not Haley. I'm just joking. Um. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just saying Bailey's great. I think Bailey's fantastic. I also yeah. hate the way that Bailey's been booked since she returned to the Fed this year. She's been booked like such a fucking loser, and it's oh, it's horrible. It's not fair. She's so talented. I don't know which um, one is worse, her or Bray's booking right now. Bray's booking is atrocious, and hers I is think, just as bad. <laughs> I would say Bray's is worse because he's kind of calling. Like I don't know how much of his shots he's calling, but I guess he's calling a good amount. And Bray's not been. Bray's been. Oh, we got Uncle Howdy. 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 All right. 
Um, this was still an absolutely great match. Um, the gun, the gun club, they get it, man. They've been studying pops. Uh, they've been studying daddy ass and it shows, man. You know, they, at one point, Austin teases a, uh, Shawn Michaels sweet chin music, which was great. I love when they do the tuning up the band. So hold on. So Jordan says, if FTR goes back, I'll stop watching pro wrestling. It'll break my, so Jordan, the thing you gotta understand is that and i've said it multiple times and it's the truth there is a war in the pro wrestling industry right now there is if you think there's not you're being extremely naive you need to wake the fuck up um and i'm not even gonna say who's good and who's bad like obviously you know how i feel about it but there is a wrestling war absolutely going on um it's why you see tony khan making a lot of really smart signings that they may not be the biggest flash signings but like in the last two months alone, look at the guys he signed. Action Andretti, AR Fox, amongst others. There's been like three or four signings in the last month or two that none of them are super big names. But you know what? If Tony Khan doesn't give him a call and give him a contract, WWE's already going to call him. They called Bandito right after he got done his Dynamite match. They did. But there's a wrestling war going on. And not to the wrestlers. Like, the talent don't... Like, I don't believe there's a lot of ill will between the talent and the companies. I'm sure there might be some between some people, but, and like all the all the media, the dirt sheets, they say the same thing. Like Sean Ross Sapp said the other day that he's never heard, like he never they, he never hears WWE guys talking shit on AEW guys and vice versa. It just doesn't happen because, you know, they all know each other from being in the industry together. Um, and, and, you know, it's just the war, man. Like it, Triple Paul, he's gonna... He's going to write a check for FTR because he knows FTR and he can make FTR work. They were, just, they were part of the black and gold era, you know, and they might get, you know, suckered into signing contracts. And next thing you know, they're facing top dollar on SmackDown. You know what I mean? Like, or you know, top dollar, hit row, hit row. Top dollar is in hit row. I think if they went back, they would wind up being the Miz's bodyguards like, uh, like Jonah, whatever Probably. they call him over there. Probably Bronson, I think. Bronson, yeah, Bronson Reed or something. But again, like, yeah, that's just that's what it is, man. You can't let you can't let discourage you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. So Austin teases the uh, sweet chin music. He stops in the middle of it and he does the old DX suck it. Um, he goes after a famouser, but he uh, gets reversed. Um, and Dax was doing an absolutely amazing job here of selling the injuries to his back and to his ass and to his leg. Um, from that double dog collar match. Um, the gun club get a roll up on Dax next to the ropes and Colton grabs onto Austin's hands, uh, basically giving him leverage. The referee was in a perfect spot where this was obvious that the referee could not see it. Um, they hit this one. They knocked that out of the park right there. There was no, no way anybody could be like, look at that. The ref's looking right at it. Nope. He was completely on the other side. Made perfect sense. He counted one, two, three. Couldn't see it. So the Gun Club get a victory over FTR. Man, wow! I that's I didn't see this coming, but I feel like I should have. You know? Yeah, I mean it was a surprising, uh, surprising outcome. Uh, I didn't expect it, but I know that I know FTR is about to work New Japan in two weeks, so this could be them just kind of taking a few weeks off. Um, I don't know. 
again, that's why yeah. I just wanted to to mention it. I mean, their contracts expire in April. Um, Dax has been talking a little bit, so I mean, you never know. So, here's what I think is happening with with them talking on Twitter. So I think the feud with the elite is going to happen in the future, whether it's with CM Punk or not. I don't know if that part's going to happen. Oh, it well. should. It really should. But eventually we're going to get FTR versus the elite. And I think it's going to come when the contract is about to be up. I think it's going to be when everybody knows what's going on. They know they have smart fans. They know that it's going to get reported more and more and more once the contract gets close to being up. I think it's going to be part of the storyline, and I think they're just starting to tease it now, you know? Just like CM Punk on Instagram posting that picture of himself with them. Like, yeah. what on earth would have been the point for him to post that? Yeah, and then Dax went and shared another picture of him and Punk. Yeah, like, it, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you just do that randomly out of nowhere? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I agree. I'm just, you know, I'm just bringing it to the table. That's all. Oh, I got you. I got you. Uh, but this was great. Um, Holton and uh, Austin Gunn picking up the win over FTR. So, you know, these guys are looking great in the ring. They had a fantastic match with them here. Um, even though it didn't go super long, you know, of course, FTR is pretty beat up right now. So they, they ain't going 20, 25 minutes right now. But a uh, great match. And next up might have been my favorite or my my most hated thing on the show. I'm not I'm not sure how how my brain wants to feel about it, but... Sanjay Dutt with a rapping music video on the acclaimed was absolutely hilarious. I was laughing the whole way through it, but I still can't figure out if I loved it or hate it. <laughs> it was just, it was just funny. It was what yeah. it was. It's Sanjay did a great job here. He did a great job. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought it was hilariously bad um, yeah. in the best way. There you go. That's uh, the perfect yeah. way to put it. Yeah, it was. It was meant to be bad, and because it was meant to be bad and was bad, it was great. Yeah, that it was that was really a great way to put it. It was hilariously bad. <laughs> um, next up we had Tony Schiavone in the ring with the biggest boss, Rick Ross. Um doing the uh what was he being the intermediary between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland? Um Rick Ross comes out first, introduces Keith Lee. Um, we get a really, really unfortunate hot mic here from Rick Ross talking to Keith Lee saying, you know, you a big motherfucker and they did not bleep it or even come close to catching it at all. And that shit was right there on live TV. So well, I hope the fine's not too large. <laughs> now the sensor didn't catch it. Never know. Never know. He he sure started catching the audience about thirty seconds later, but he definitely missed that one. Um, yeah, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was hilarious. I loved it. Um, oh yeah, it, it was funny. I, I, I pushed me back in my seat. You know what I mean? Like taking off in an airplane. But it was, it is what um, it is. We'll see what happens. A uh, little thing that kind of I did love. I want to mention before we start talking about the segment itself. Uh so Excalibur says to Taz. And he was like, I bet you, if you know, Taz, you had um, Rick Ross and Tony Schiavone standing in a ring together on your 2022 bingo card. So you, you won, my friend. And Taz says, don't say, don't say bingo around me. It gives me flashbacks. Uh -huh. <laughs> shout out to his ECW days wrestling in a bingo hall. Um, really love that. 
Also saw a sign in the crowd, a video game sign. It says, change Street Fighter VI's cover art. Yes, please do. It's fucking terrible. Terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. what it is. It's the Street Fighter VI. I was wondering. I was like, what the hell is that SF6 meme? But yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's Street Fighter VI. It, it's terrible. It looks absolutely awful. Anyways, yeah, motherfucker line. Skip the censor. Got past it. Um, I imagine Rick Ross will pay the fine. <laughs> I, I have to assume. I mean, um, it's probably like 50 grand. I think that's the going rate for the FTC, but I have no clue. It's been a long well, maybe time. Maybe they won't care. I mean, they're, they're pretty busy building up a really lackluster case against Microsoft right now. So Yeah. Um. So Swerve shows up, and uh, he basically says, like, I'm not here to do this on your time, Swerve. And he makes it really clear that he wants no part of, you know, getting back together with Keith Lee here. And he says, you better, uh, basically, uh, you need to grow some eyes in the back of your head, so watch your back. And Parker Boudreaux shows up out of nowhere and attacks him from behind. Um, you know, I think this was meant, I don't know how to say this, but I think Parker Boudreaux just wasn't big enough to make this look like a big dude jumping someone from behind. Keith Lee is an absolute fucking tank. And Parker's not small himself. But he looked small next to Keith Lee trying to attack him. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I, uh... Parker Boudreaux attacks uh, and Keith Lee takes him out. But then some even larger tattooed, uh, heavily tattooed, like on his face and everything on his head. Um, I'm not sure what prison this guy came from, but uh, this guy, um, he comes out and takes out Keith Lee as well. And in one of the craziest spots I've seen in a minute, they put Keith Lee onto the stairs, put a cinder block on his chest and Keith Lee does his double foot stomp onto the cinder block and just shatters it. That looked so freaking cool. It's not even funny. Um, I'm sure the cinder block was gimmicked, but my God, it looked incredible. Didn't it? So I'm really torn about this segment because the cinder block spot was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was really good. The the motherfucker line was hilarious. Yep. And I like the name of the mogul um what was it? The mogul alliance? The or, mogul associates, I think. No, the mogul affiliates. The mogul affiliates. affiliates, there we go. Love the name. Other than those three things, I thought this segment was fucking terrible. I thought that it was just it may have been one of the worst things AEW's done this year, unfortunately. Um, at least for me. Uh, number one, you got Rick Ross there, who he bring he hits he brings gold. He hits gold, strikes gold, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were times where Rick Ross, I feel like Rick Ross forgot what was going on at certain points, so he started talking over Swerve. He was talking over Keith Lee a little bit. I mean, Keith didn't really speak, but more so Swerve. He was talking over Swerve. He kept commenting on things sometimes like when keith knocked out parker he was like oh wow like like you're you're kind of aligning with swerve so you shouldn't really be selling what keith is doing in that way um and then parker attacks keith and i thought parker kind of maybe what you said is the case where parker is just not big enough whatever the reason is the attack felt slow clumsy it didn't look very explosive like, thank God Keith Lee actually cleared him out, because if Keith Lee got laid out after that attack, I would have really shit on this segment even more. Um, 
the crowd didn't seem interested in in Parker. They didn't know who the hell the other guy is. I don't know who the hell the other guy is personally. Um, and then so to carry on, so he clears out Parker, and then Keely's like, "All right, I'm coming for you, Swerve." Then he get you know, then he gets attacked by this random guy. I, I have no idea who he is. I really don't. He might be some indie guy that I just don't know. Still don't um, know. I don't know. Um, the commentary had no idea who he was. Again, the crowd didn't know who he was. There was no the crowd was dead for this segment, you know, in terms of the attacks. Um, and then we get the cinder block spot, which was great. Um and then I oh, and then in Keith uh, uh Swerve's entrance, I don't know if there was like a glitch with Swerve's entrance where they couldn't get the video to play. So like Rick Ross is trying to buy time without knowing he needs to buy time and Swerve isn't coming out and it just it was a mess. It was a really like I was yeah. so disappointed that this segment was on the show because leading up to this point i think like right before this segment i tweeted out i was like man this number like the show's been foot to the metal or foot to the pedal and nothing has missed and then man like this was just for me like such a stinker like oh just flush it and move on because it in my opinion it wasn't very good but the bones were there that are good i like the bones i mean it, it could be a really yeah. cool faction um you know, we gotta see where that goes. But some people are speculating that maybe Rick Ross will like continue to be a part of this, and I hope he does because he's hilarious. It's really good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I can't help but say like I thought that this was a terrible segment overall. Like I was just like watching it. I'm like, this is a fucking mess. This is not yeah. good. Mio just says he likes to think Swerve was laughing backstage and couldn't come out. <laughs> That's pretty I funny. Hope so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but he just. And then he, yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, but I mean, the cinder block spot to me that made up for everything else. I was just, I was like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I don't even care about what I just had to sit through. That was freaking awesome. Um, me, I'm, I'm looking at the whole segment. I can't help yeah. but do that. So I, I agree with you though. Again, the cinder block spot was fucking dope. Like it was really, it, it salvaged it. Like if I were to grade it, like. I wouldn't give it an F because the cinder block spot was so cool. Um, it definitely saves it from a failing grade. But I mean, other yeah, than that, sure. I, don't, I don't know who who to blame the most in this. I mean, again, Parker didn't do super great. the The timing was really weird. Like, I I don't know exactly what I want to put as like the the fault big blame for it. But, um, yeah, in general, was not happy with it. All right, next up, we had a uh, pretty funny video segment with the best friends backstage talking about the $300,000 Battle Royale. Um, Trent said he wants to buy his mom a house. Uh, Chuck said he wants to buy, um, I think he said he wants to buy Chuck's mom a chainsaw or himself a chainsaw. Buy his mom a chainsaw. And then yep. Orange Cassidy wants to buy Trent's mom a house. Yep, he wants to buy her a house too. Uh, and then the Dark Order uh, show up with Hangman. Um, and they talk about how they're going to be in the, the match as well. And they ask Hangman to stay out of the match. And they're, and he's like, why would you say that? And they're like, well, you know, Moxley's there. And he's like, oh, I got to go book a flight. See ya. And he walks off. Obviously dead set on getting himself to Rampage to interrupt uh, this ladder match. So, you know, I think we might see some more uh, turmoil for the Dark Order here with um, Hangman getting in the way of their victory here. I have a feeling Hangman's going to cost them somehow that match. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to comment on the fact that $300,000 in today's housing market is not a lot. 
So I'm very concerned with where Trent would be putting Sue at if he bought her a house for $300,000. True. Like, 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 I don't know, like, because I was thinking about, like, no. I mean, I guess it doesn't mean he's, like, paying cash, you know. He could just be putting a nice down payment, you know. I guess. There's just <laughs> usually when people say, like, I'm buying a house if I win all this yeah. money, it's because they can afford to pay it all off at one day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but I was sitting there watching that segment, I was like, it's like Trent, do you do you know the house market, housing market? <laughs> <laughs> I think three hundred thousand is not going to get you a lot. No, not around here anyway. Jeez. Mm-mm. All right. Next up, we had the AEW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hayter with her first title defense versus Hikaru Shida. Man, I I'm so happy that they got the main event. These girls can they can both just go man like you know how when you hear some people saying oh they can go these two can absolutely go in the ring and they showed the whole roster tonight like this is the level you need to be at if you want to come after this title this this is the new standard right here this was absolutely incredible i loved this match from beginning to end yeah i completely agree it was an excellent match um Really happy, like you said, they got the main event. I mean, we pretty much completely agree with you on this. Um, the Kook saying, kudos to Tony Khan for putting Sheeta and Hater in the main event. It was a fantastic match. Give the women time, and they deliver big time. Just a slugfest. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with, with both of you guys. I thought that this was a really awesome match. Um, it wasn't my match of the night because the Elite uh, Game 5 was my match of the night, but yeah. this is still a, a, an excellent match. Um, really happy to see these two get the main event. They really deserve it. Um, they got 25 minutes too. They did. Yeah, they ran late. Yeah, then they got more than 25 because it started at like 9:35. Um, I was, I was shocked they had so much time left. I was very happy with this. Yeah, the show didn't cut off till 10:02. They went. Oh year. man, Mia just said this match was so good it almost made me cry. Wow, man. Yeah, I mean, it was very, very good. Um, I can't wait to see if we ever get a pay per view level match between these two. Oh. Like a cage match or something? Yeah. Give me. I mean, I, it's just really good. I mean, again, the women's division is firing in all cylinders right now. Um, and, you know, you got to have uh, an idea that maybe there's some more to come. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Uh, maybe the women's division is about to make a statement, you know. You can bank on that. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the new standard and, oh, man, it's just – we're in such a good spot right now with this AEW women's division. You know, it's just every week I'm just blown away by another women's match or, you know, them getting the main event tonight, like really made me happy. I was like right around nine twenty, I was like, okay, where's the match? You know, are we going to do this time slot again? But no, I'll, we waited for the main event and I, I was, I can't say it enough. I was super happy for that. So Hikaru Shida, um, she hits a huge knee in this one, only gets a two count. Jamie Hayter hits a huge lariat, only gets a two count. Um, she attempted the Haterade a whole bunch of times. Sheeter attempted the, uh, I forget what she calls her finishing move there, a whole bunch of times. Um, we got a disaster kick off the top rope to Britt Baker from Hikaru Shida. That was pretty cool to see. Um, Jamie Hayter hits a powerbomb to Hikaru Shida for... Another two count. Um, she hits another lariat for another two count. Um, I think this was the second big time lariat from uh, 
uh, from Jamie Hader at this point. Um, she just picks her back up and hits her with a third lariat and finishes off the match with the one, two, three. This, uh, you know, I didn't want to get too descriptive here because I don't think I could do it justice at all. You just got to go watch this match. This match was absolutely amazing. Um, like I said, this is the new standard for the women's division in AEW. If you can't put on a show like this, you know, move your ass down to dark or something because this train is leaving the station. I'm, 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 I just, I love this women's division right now and I can't wait to see if Sasha shows up. If Mercedes shows up, my mind will be absolutely blown. Just. <laughs> yeah. Um. I agree. Uh, yeah, keep an eye out, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know. I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. Well, let's figure this out real quick, right? So, currently, Jan- uh, January, December 21st, 2022. We have two Dynamites before the uh, January 11th show at the Kia Forum. Um, and Sasha is reportedly wrestling on the 4th. So, I don't know. I, I I mean I guess you wouldn't if so I mean you wouldn't see Sasha until the 11th I guess. I I, I don't I don't right. see them doing, you know, bringing her out before then. But I mean again, I was surprised that Jade wasn't on the show tonight cuz I thought that you know, if they were going to go that route with Bow Wow and everything. Because again, remember, everything happens for a reason because if if it's not Sasha, then what's going on with this Jade Bow Wow thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like what's going on with that? Um, so I don't know. I'm super intrigued. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I still think it's Sasha. I really do. Or Mercedes. I mean, you know, until until we know her actual name, I'm gonna say Sasha. But I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely intriguing. Yeah, that that that's exactly how I feel, man. It's just one of those like too many signals have gone out. They go both ways. Like a whole bunch of signals say she's coming. Whole bunch say she's not. So, but that's at this point, I, I can... don't think there's really any signals that say she's not. <laughs> well, true, you know. Like a lot of people right now are saying, "Look, the uh, the the E is letting Carl Anderson go over there and wrestle. He's still the champion." You know, they they said they stripped him, but apparently he was able to go perform, and they they let him stay as the champ. I guess. Well, so New Japan decided to turn it into an angle. Um... Rocky Romero was on the sessions with Rene Paquette, and apparently uh, they were more so leaving on good terms because of Rocky. Um, because okay. Rocky was the one that got them back into New Japan after they had left New Japan. Uh, and Rocky, when you know, when Carl started talking to him about it, he was like, just please don't screw me over. That's all I ask. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of Fed fans are making a big, big deal of this, you know, Carl Anderson working this date. It, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, he's just fulfilling contractual obligations. I mean, it hap- it's happening other places I too. Guess, I mean, yeah. Chelsea Green wrapped up her dates. Her and Cardona are about to go back to the Fed. You know, Chelsea Green just deleted her OnlyFans, which, you know, is interesting considering, you know, what Mandy Rose is dealing with. Um, wow. Because remember, being you know rape sexual harassment all that stuff bad stuff like that not okay you know but mandy rose posted naked pictures online so we got to fire mandy rose for l- l- listen i 
I'm going to admit, I've seen the Mandy Rose pictures. I've seen the videos. I did not see anything, anything anywhere near what Austin Theory did. Like, <laughs> dude. Guys, here's the thing. You want to know, you want to know what the diff, like the reason Mandy Rose got fired? You want to know the actual reason? I don't think she got fired, but I want to hear what you're, where you're getting. So go, go ahead. The actual reason she got fired is because WWE was not profiting off of her her side business. They mm-hmm. like Mandy Rose's agent has said that by Christmas, Mandy Rose will be a millionaire based off the amount of money she's made on her her. It's not OnlyFans; it's like something else. I don't know what it's called. Um, yeah, I forget what it's called. It's it's the same as OnlyFans, but so. Yeah. If Mandy Rose, she's uh, the agent said Mandy Rose had made five hundred thousand dollars in like the five days or six days that she was fired. Yep. Um. So if she's making that kind of money, and like the the dirt sheets were saying that she was making more than her WWE contract was even prior, so it's like they just they were upset that they couldn't get a, a way to monetize it because WWE cannot yeah. monetize, you know, Mandy Rose's nudes. They can't. So so that's so that's like, where I'm saying. I don't think she got fired. So what I believe happened is they found out about her site. They came to her and said, you need to shut that down immediately. And she was like, no, it's 10. It makes me 10 times more than my NXT salary does. So I don't think so. And they were like, well, then you're going to either be fired or shut it down. And she's like, well, I'll quit. I bet you anything she told them I'm done then. And she's like, I'll go make my money there, and you can have your title back tonight. Here you go. Uh, well, well, number one, the contracts don't work that way. She can't just quit. She has to be released. Well, exactly. They had to release her. Okay, so that does technically mean she would have had to be fired. Yeah. Number okay. two, uh, she was caught off guard by being fired. That was what um, Fightful reported. She was caught off guard. Um, she knew that she dropped the belt because of that reason, but she was caught off guard when she was fired afterwards. Um, oh okay i was under the impression she knew that that was her last match oh no no she did not know that was her last based off what fightful had said okay um, okay they did not she did not know that was her last match she was caught off guard she was in high spirits she understood that she had to drop the belt i mean i i think it's ridiculous i mean i don't know man like again it just comes like you look at all the shit that company has done and will continue to do i mean i'm not saying it's wrong but I mean, my next argument is, well, why is Xavier Woods still on your 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 roster? I mean, he he was on a sex tape with other notable names a few years back. So, which I don't want like it's not the point to bring it up, but it's the point of, okay, well, you're gonna double standards. Exactly. Like I don't think either of them should be fired. But if you're gonna fire Mandy, that's my follow up question. My second follow up question is, you know. Why is why are the Usos? Why is the Uso? Which one gets Jimmy the one with the UIs, right? Or I think so. Yeah. I don't fuck whichever one it is. Whichever one has the D has like three yeah. DUIs. Three of them. Why is why is he still your tag team champion? Like, there's there's all of these questions that I have. That if you're gonna fire Mandy Rose, the next three or four follow up questions need to be addressed. Um, Yo, and again, by the way how do your tag team champions lose like 20 times over the course of a year and still remain tag team champions? I just realized that like what? I mean, 
look, I said it. I said that on the Discord. I'm like, I don't understand how your tag team champions have lost ten matches, and like no DQ or DQ'd in five matches, and you're the number one ranked tag team in the world according to PWI. I don't fucking know. I think it's bullshit. Um, but exactly, the Kook said, "What about the DUI guys?" Like again, like there's so many questions that you can go down the line and just start like knocking them out. Like, all right, what about this one? What about this? What about that? What about this? Now- I don't I don't want anybody to go see the Austin Theory photos and I'm not going to tell you what he does in the photos cuz that will instantly put the picture in your brain. Yep, but Austin Theory did 10 million times worse than I think anybody I've ever seen has done. Like you could even go to the Playboy like let's pretend that back in the day when it was cool to be a diva and do Playboy, let's pretend that they didn't know that that was happening and those photos came out it's still nowhere near as bad as what Austin theory did. Like all I saw was a blurry version of it on Reddit. That was like, click here to remove the NSFW. And I was like, I am not removing that. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, you know, if, if you're brave enough to go look, go, go for it, but I don't recommend it. And the fact that he still has his job or still has that belt is insane to me. Yeah, or what about Seth Rollins? I remember a few years back, uh, Reddit or Twitter was all the rage because like a nude of him leaked. Like, oh yeah, I think that was somebody in the locker room took that without his permission or something. Maybe I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, it's just it's a double standard. But yeah, like true. again, yeah. it's under the guise of the fact that she was making all this money, and they had no way to get their cut. Because here's another thing, right? So. <sighs> Yeah, that's how I felt, dude. Just don't do it, man. Don't do it. (laughs) WWE makes billions of dollars, right? Billions with a B. Why is their most paid guy, who's Roman Reigns, only making $4 million? Like, that's fucking absurd. Like, didn't Cody's contract make him the highest paid wrestler in the world? I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, the the thing the numbers I had seen previously or recently was you know Roman Reigns maybe Roman's actually at six maybe okay it's... I see it's probably the accumulation that he's had during his current contract so that means Cody hasn't made that much yet I get it okay sure but my point is you have sports teams who pay guys double digit millions who don't make as much as WWE mostly because of their blood money deals but regardless of the reason. Um, it's just, it's fucking wild that they're not paying their talent. Like, the fact that Mandy Rose can go and make an OnlyFans or whatever it's called and make more money than her WWE contract, like, that's, that's, that's concerning. That is, like, you know, I understand that she, she is very attractive and she can be very successful and make a lot of money. But, like, this is a billion-dollar company, billion with a B. And she was now, a champion in your company. And have you ever heard that kind of money? Like, come on. Have you ever heard what the actual NXT contract money is? Because I believe she was working under an NXT contract here. And they're saying that the 500000 dwarfs that contract. So that contract's for a year, right? Like, let's say it's $8,500,000 a year, whatever it may be. She made five hundred grand in five days. She made hundred grand a day. Sure. I mean, again, I, I think to me, it's just like, it's that's why she got fired. My, my point is, she got fired because they couldn't make money off her, so they let her go. Yep. Absolutely. 
Uh, but it is what it is. Um, back to the AEW here. I did forget at the very end of the Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter match. Um, she was, uh, uh, Hikaru Shida was attacked by Britt Baker and Rebel and them after the match immediately. Um, we had Tony Storm come down for the save. Uh, but Tony Storm, they kept mentioning how she's not cleared to wrestle. Uh, she took the belt to the back of the head from Jamie Hayter. Uh, but then Soraya comes out and just levels Re- Rebel before she gets to the ring. And Soraya clears out the ring. So um, excellent end to Dynamite. Um, amazing Dynamite here tonight. Only one little stumble there with the the Swerve and Keith Lee segment, which I don't think was that bad. I think it just went on a little bit too long. And it really did feel like a couple people forgot where they were in there like maybe rick ross forgot some lines or something like that but other than that amazing episode of dynamite tonight fantastic main event i'm so happy these girls put on such a good show for this main event um what do we got going on on rampage this week all right well i actually i really need to make sure i look at this note because there are a lot of words to it yeah there was so, for starters, on Rampage this Friday, we have the Holiday Bash $300,000 Three Kings Christmas Casino Trios Royale. And it is a battle royale for trios with the winners getting, I don't know if it's 300000 each or 300000 total. I don't know. Um the three teams, it's kind of hard to make out, but the three teams are Ari Davari and the Varsity Athletes, um, the newly formed SAP, which is um, Chaos Theory and Angelico, which I didn't know, if you watch Dark, uh, Angel- Angelico and um, Serpentico are the Spanish announce team for AW. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, the other team is Roosh, Preston Vance, and uh, Drillistico, which it's awesome that he's, you're going to see him. Uh, another trio is Top Flight and they are Fox, um, Kip Sabian and the Butcher and the Blade, uh, Best Friends, Blackpool Combat Club, and the Dark Order. Right on. That actually looks like it's going to be fun. Do you know how the eliminations are going to work yet? Like if one guy gets out as the whole team or do you got to get the whole team out? I would assume it's everyone has their own. Like you have to eliminate all three members, I would assume. Uh, also, we will hear from Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Uh, Jade Cargill will be in a TBS Championship Eliminator match versus Verda Vixen, who's been working some dates uh, recently for AEW. Um, she might get signed soon. She's pretty good, too. Um, we will hear from Wardlow. We will get, this is a fun one, Anthony Bowens and Daddy Ass versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Okay. Uh, and then next week for Dynamite, we have Game 6, uh, the Elite versus the Death Triangle in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson. The TNT Championship Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. So we got three matches for Dynamite and what looks like a pretty good Rampage, too. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for Rampage this week. That should be an excellent episode of Rampage. <laughs> oh, excuse me. All right, you got any uh, wrestling news or anything uh, you want to go over here tonight? No, I mean, that's relatively it. I mean, 
you know, great episode of Dynamite. Looking forward to Rampage on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, I think that should do it for tonight then. You want to go ahead and close us out, sir? All right. <laughs> the Kook saying trios battle royale with cheese. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, anyways, this has been episode 102 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and a subscribe or a follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you to everyone hanging out with us in chat here on YouTube.com. We got 12 likes tonight. Really appreciate that. There's still six of us in here. If you guys can hit the like for me, it would really mean a lot to us. Get us up to 15 real quick before we end the show. Um, you know, but thank you once again for listening to us live. Thank you to everyone who checks us out, you know, in the future, like the coach. Uh, thank you to everyone who checks us out on uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us on our social medias down below. Uh, we go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. Uh, please, if you're into video games, check out the Game Room Podcast, which is here every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, next week's topic will be a look back at this past year and a preview for next year. And Jeff, I started doing the work on the uh, preview for next year, and man, it is a stacked, stacked year for video games. Uh, but until next time, hope to see you guys then. Awesome, awesome. Well, like uh, Rome said, thank you guys very much for hanging out with us here tonight. Um, we love uh, seeing you guys here every time, every night with us. So thank you guys very much. And until next time, top guys out. Thank you.